to appreciate God for this day, and I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV, those who are joining us, watching and, and listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I want to say God bless you. May God continue to increase you also in Jesus' name. I particularly want to thank God. Uh, I have stood on this pulpit many times, but in this year alone, I've stood here more than 40 times, preaching messages from different Sundays to different Sundays in the midst of the many things. Less, yesterday, I was reflecting on the many countries I've been in 2019 alone, and I was really amazed. I never thought about it for a moment until I paused to look at the fact that, you know, God is faithful. When you go and come and go to so far places and you come back, Countries like uh, Hong Kong, countries like Trinidad. I mean, those places are so far away to where we are. Uh, the same thing when you go to places like Nigeria. It's not so far, but then you should be grateful you went and came back in one piece. And you should be thankful because God is faithful in every one of these things. But you know, we can sit here and say, oh yeah, it's natural. It's okay. It's the same thing. But we should be thankful. And so I want us as a church to be a thankful church that we have seen yet the end of another year to the glory of God. And I know that God will keep multiplying your testimonies in Jesus' name. So we come to the end of our Creative Prosperity Principle series on this very ninth session. And the theme of the session is the chief cornerstone. You can see the light bulb and the topic right in the center of it highlighted. It's for a purpose because everything we have been saying, whether it's timing, order, focus, routine, all those things, Caesar, God, observation, investment, even kingdom pursuit, are principles that must be built on this very last topic. It was made the last topic for a purpose. The chief cornerstone is such an essential aspect of the Christian life. And Christians must understand this concept and understand what God means when he says that he is giving to us Christ as the chief cornerstone. We must remind ourselves that when we talk about prosperity, we're talking from the biblical perspective of the ability to have all sufficiency for all things at all times in order to be able to do every good work. The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. The ability to have all sufficiency in all things at all times in order to be able to do every good work. So this is what prosperity is. This is what kingdom prosperity is. Prosperity is not just about having a stash of money. If you listen to the definition very well, as God defines it, you will find that money is part and parcel of it, but it's not the all, be all and know all. It is about you having the inflow of God into your life in order to be able to abound onto every good work. So when we talk about prosperity, I want us to understand that one of the reasons why the devil is fighting the message of prosperity in the church and abusing it in diverse ways, sadly, is that it is incapacitating the church the more. So there is a total rejection of the word of prosperity in some sectors, and it is limiting the work that they are able to do. Because through prosperity, his kingdom will be spread abroad. That's what the Bible says in Zechariah 1.17. Through prosperity, my kingdom shall be spread abroad. So we need to be a prospered people. But prosperity has nothing to do with buying Bentleys and building big houses and doing those things that look like signs of it alone. When we do those things to the glory of God, that's fine. But if that is all we do for it for is just to show and uh, demonstrate affluence, then we've missed the point. 
So we need to understand the basis of biblical prosperity so that we can be in active pursuit and in agreement with the word of God about it. 3 John 2, the Bible says, for it is God's desire that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So when we talk about anchoring our lives to the chief cornerstone, this creative prosperity principle is so key. The word cornerstone represents an important quality or feature on which a particular thing, I'm just reading it to you by a, a dictionary definition, which a particular thing depends or is based. It is a, an important quality or feature on which a particular thing depends or is based. So the word cornerstone represents something that provides a basis to hold. That's why I asked us to sing anchor after we, we sang cornerstone, very powerful songs that remind us that Christ is our anchor, Christ is the one to whom we anchor, and Christ is our chief cornerstone. Another definition says it's defined as a stone, a stone that forms the base of the corner of a building joining two walls. So the cornerstone for a believer is a non-negotiable. It is the foundation of our faith. The Bible says, if the foundation be faulty, what can the righteous do? Now, of course, that's a question that does not mean that the righteous has no hope. It only means that the righteous has a lot of work to do. Because I, I, I can tell you from my, my little understanding of engineering, structural engineering, that we can repair foundations. We repair foundations. I have repaired many foundations to the glory of God. But the reality is that many times repairing foundations costs much more than the actual building in many, many times. It's a mystery. It's possible, but it costs much more. So it is important for the believer to have the right foundation. The problem in the body of Christ today that is causing the wishy-washiness and the instability in the people of God is because of faulty foundations. And this is what we want to address today. How to understand who this foundation is, who this chief cornerstone is, and how to remain connected to him so that we can also be stable. The scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ has been laid as our chief cornerstone. We'll start by reading Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16 today. Isaiah 28, 16, let's go everybody together. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, number one, a precious cornerstone, number two, a sure foundation, number three. Whoever believes it will not act hastily. This is a prophetic word about the chief cornerstone, our Lord Jesus Christ himself. He said, I lay in Zion. Now we know that in Hebrews 10, the Bible says that we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the most high God. So when we gather and when we are practicing and, and professing in our faith, what we are doing is we are living in Zion and demonstrating the life of Zion. He said, in that place where my people gather and where they live their lives, where I have commanded as my own city, I lay there a stone for a foundation. He didn't say many stones. He didn't say many stones. That is why there is only one stone, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I lay there a stone for a foundation. He said, it is a tried stone. That's the first thing. A stone that has gone through every kind of temptation they will ever face. That is why when the devil came to him in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible makes us to understand that he was tried with the pride of life. He was tried with the lust of the eyes. He was tried with the lust of the flesh. The three key areas that the devil continues to tempt you and I today. 
He was tried in those three things and he never gave up because he is a tried stone. The Bible says we do not have a faithful high priest who is, we do not have a high priest who is not faithful to be able to identify with our infirmities because he has gone through them all. He is a tried stone. Part of my understanding of engineering when we're going to build any new building and it's a virgin site, one of the first things we do is we do what is called a site investigation. It helps us to understand what the nature of the characteristics of the soil in that site is. Some sites are very good and you just need a very shallow foundation no matter how big the structure would be. But some sites are very problematic and especially if you want to build tall structures. Those of us that have been to Dubai and have seen Burj Khalifa, you have seen it online. Uh, it's one of the tallest buildings. I believe it is still the tallest building. There's been a bit of dispute here and there in some countries. But Burj Khalifa would be among, if not the tallest building in the world at this point in time. It's 826 meters high. Its foundations are 100 meters deep. 150 piles sunk into the desert soils of the of Dubai sand. And you cannot believe it took 12 months to build those foundations because of the characteristics of the building that is coming on top of it. So we tried the site. They investigated and found how deep the foundations would need to be in order for them to provide the stability that the structure would need. That structure would have sunk if somebody had gone there and said, you know, I've done pile foundations before. 20 meters is fine. Let's just sink it in. By now it would have sunk. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when the Bible talks about a tried stone, we must understand that part of what Jesus, our cornerstone, gives us the foundation of stability for is the fact that he knows exactly what you are passing through and what you will ever pass through. So anytime you come to a situation of life and it looks as if it is something you have never faced before, remember your tried foundation. Remember that you are anchored to the one who has been there before you got there. You are anchored to the one who was the same yesterday, who is the same today, who is the same forevermore. When you have this mentality and this understanding, it helps you to remain stable. May you continue to remain stable in the name of Jesus. The Bible says he is a precious cornerstone. This means that he has more value than anything else. Everything that you would want to trade for him must never be allowed to take his place. He is a precious cornerstone. Last week, when we were talking about kingdom pursuits, and the week before, we said that in Matthew chapter 13, and we read from verse 43, right down to about verse 45, the Bible likens the kingdom of God to a pearl of great value. The Bible likens the kingdom of God to treasures, things that are precious. And the Bible says that he is a precious cornerstone. He is not just any other stone. He is not just like any other stone. He is a precious cornerstone. He is a stone with value. And so this must remind us anytime the devil is trying to ask us to compromise, anytime the devil is trying to make us to say have quick ways of fixing things, do shortcuts and play it out like everybody else. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Everybody is cheating. Everybody is doing it. You do it. No, you say, no, no, no. I have a precious, I have a precious, precious cornerstone that I am anchored to. And I refuse to compromise so that I can get the precious of the kingdom he has for me. If Joseph had compromised his stand today, we would not be talking about him like we did. He would have still gone to prison. I'm sure of that. Because one day that woman would be tired of him and send him to prison. That's women for you. With all due respect to women here. 
One day, the same woman that said, come now, come now, come now. If he did it once, twice, third time, the next day will say, I don't want to see you again in this life. In fact, prison now. <laughs> and that would have ended his life, ended his life. But thank God, he knew he had a precious cornerstone. He knew he had a precious cornerstone and God exalted him with it. God will keep exalting you. As you reverence your precious cornerstone, he will keep exalting you. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says it is a sure foundation. This is the one that always gets me going. He is sure. He is sure. Why? Because many times you will keep doubting. You are not the only one if you doubt. You are, not, you, are not, you are only in your flesh when you doubt. Don't think, I'm a sinner. Every time I doubt, oh, I'm a sinner. I can't do anything. Anytime you doubt, all you need to do is to come back and remember, I've got a sure foundation. May your sure foundation continue to speak for you in the day of turbulence. In the name of Jesus. A sure foundation is a foundation that is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Again, I'll bring you, you know, I will talk about engineering because that is my profession. Again, when you are, as a designer, when you have designed something, I've designed many buildings, many structures by God's grace across nations in the last 25, 30 years. And there are certain things that when they ask me that after I have specified, they had issues with them. I don't even need to go to site. I would tell them on the phone that they have done something wrong because I am sure it never fails. I am convinced it never fails. And it is the way we must see the word of God. You must know that you have a sure foundation. A foundation that guarantees you stability at all times. He is not a wishy-washy foundation. He's not a foundation that is based on your bank account. He's not a foundation that is based on your job. I've told you many times, how many people in this life have been given a letter of employment and they, they say this is a permanent contract forever, virtually. And they give them the letter and two years time down the line, they say they are putting them on redundancy. And then you are wondering, the time they gave me this letter two years ago, they said it's a permanent contract. So there's nothing like a permanent contract as far as it is human beings. But with this God, you have a sure foundation. The Bible says, whoever believes it will not act hastily. He that believes it will not make haste. The reason why we are warned not to make haste is that there are many times you will hear voices that will say, move now, do this now. Meanwhile, your sure foundation is saying, hold on, I am in charge. Keep your cool, keep your calm. Many people have taken rash decisions, left different things, done different things because they are acting hastily, not knowing that the chief cornerstone, their sure foundation, is just working for them. A, a far weightier, exceeding weight of eternal glory. A far more precious, exceeding weight of eternal glory. And so this foundation, this cornerstone that we are talking about is one that we must not negotiate and we must continue to hold on to. As God's building, the Bible calls us our duty as Christians is to keep believing on him. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's fields. You are God's building. Verse 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Look at your neighbor for me and say, please take heed how you build on your foundation. The reason is that the Bible makes us to understand that we are building with God. Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. 
We are building with God. It is our responsibility. But the building that we're building with God, when we surrender into God as God's fellow workers, he builds with us. He builds for us. The Bible says that we must understand that we should take heed. The word take heed there means we're always listening to the master builder himself. We're always submitting our, ourselves to what he is requiring of us. Verse 11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We have a world today that is trying to do everything it can to make this foundation pluralistic. We have a world today in the name of political correctness that is trying to make this foundation different from what God intended at the beginning. Let's read it again. It says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. No other foundation. No other foundation. When anybody comes with any doctrine and any kind of thing that wants to make it hoo-ha, and wants to sound like any other drama that, that has never been seen before. Remember, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We must understand the place and the importance of making sure that whatever we do, any message you hear in our day and age, in our day and age you can hear a message of 30 minutes, 40 minutes in a gospel setting that has never mentioned Jesus once. That is no good, that's no good message. Every message must point to Jesus. No matter, that's why you will see that no matter what we talk about in this place, we, there's no way we cannot mention him. Because he's the foundation of everything. We talk about time, we talk about him. We talk about discipline, we talk about him. We talk about faith, we talk about him. We talk about anything, we talk about him. Because it's all about him. It's all about him. We give our testimonies, we talk about him. Everything we do, we talk about him. Because no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. As we go into this new year, end this year, and go into this new year, we need to keep examining ourselves and see how well we are anchored to this foundation. How well our lives are reflecting the building together with him as he has commanded. This is what Abraham demonstrated for us when he was called. The Bible says he sought for a city whose foundation, whose builder and foundation is God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 renders it very well. He said, by faith, Abraham, verse 8, he said, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. The Bible says he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 10, verse 9. By faith, he did what? Dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of promise with him for the same promise. Verse 10. Let's read verse 10 together loud and clear. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There are two sides to this scripture and this principle that we must learn. The first thing is that we must never be static with God. If you have heard God once, it is not the end. You need to keep doing what he says. Our life must be lived out completely hearing God. This is why a lot of people miss it. They say, God said to me, and I've started doing it. Then at a certain point, they ignore God and carry on doing what they are. Even in the work of ministry, we have to be very careful. So we may say the things God has said to us. We may be doing what God said to us, but we must be very, very careful to be hearing. The Bible says, go back to verse 9, please. The Bible says he was dwelling in tents. These are temporary structures. 
thinks that he is willing to move anytime when God says move. Even though he had reached the land of promise, he was dwelling in those tents, knowing fully well that there is a city that is fixed. Verse 10. There is a city that is fixed and it has foundations whose builder and maker is God. We must realize that ultimately in this life, thank God for where we are today. This is why we keep stretching. This is why we keep stretching. We keep moving. We don't stop. If we stop in our race, we allow ourselves not to obtain the very city in that particular matter which has foundations and whose builder and maker is God. His son came and followed this principle when he went. He was going to Egypt and the Bible says God said to him, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. His son Isaac. And the Bible says as soon as he went down to Gerah, the Philistines that were there began to envy him. He reopened one of the wells that was dug for his father. They came and they stopped it. And the Bible says he left that place and went to a place called Sitna. And then he opened the wells there and they came and they, 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 they closed it again. But he kept on going because he knows that there is a place. Many believers today have given up because they prayed for something in January, February, March. And it looks as if nothing changed. And then by halfway through the year, they not only stopped praying or believing God for it. They gave up hope even on many other things. Listen, friends. Every time. Say, every time I pray, God hears. And God answers. Never say God has not answered. Never say. Because that you have not seen it the way you expected doesn't mean he hasn't answered. At times his answer is, I have heard you. <laughs> that is an answer. But if you don't see it yet, don't say, oh, I've been praying and God has not answered. He has answered. The reason we lose sight is we don't understand that there is something about God and his timings. There is something about God who makes all things beautiful in his time. And if we do not know how to wait on him to get to every situation of life, that there is a city. You know that place? It, is called, it was called Rehoboth for Isaac. The place of enlargement. The place where they could no longer contest him. You are passing through certain phases of your life today and still being challenged because God is taking you to your Rehoboth. You need to keep in step with him. You need to keep in step with him because there is a place where you are going to reach and it no longer, when you reach Rehoboth, it will seem as if Sitna never existed. It will seem as if those places where they tried to stop you never existed because that place is a sure foundation. That place is a place of undeniable proofs. There are big ministries all over the world today that people celebrate. Some of us know their history from 30, 40 years ago. Some of us know that at a time when they were speaking the visions we see today of them, people were mocking them and laughing at them. People were looking at them that you think this can never be? You are a joker. But today, 30 years later, 40 years later, some of them have not only surpassed what we had them say then, but they have surpassed it many times over. Because they understand. If you believers do not understand your chief cornerstone and stay anchored to him and keep looking for the city which has foundations and whose builder and maker is God, you will keep giving up at every temporary place. And that is not God's intention for you. Who told you that this will be the end for you? This will not be the end for you. I said, this will not be the end for you. This will not be the end for this ministry. This will not be the end for this nation. God has great plans for every one person and every one intention of his. We must all realize that what we need to keep doing is to keep walking with him, looking for that city. And obviously, every believer ultimately must look towards the city Jesus talked about in John chapter 14. 
I want you to be writing down these scriptures, friends, because I know you will listen to it online later on, but it's always good you have your own notes as well. Because you know something? As you are writing down some scriptures, God will speak to you. I have had my life transformed many times when I'll be listening to a message like this. And as I'm writing what the man of God is saying, God will now say to me, that is how it will apply to ABC in your life. And I'll write it down. And I just go and do it. Very simple thing. And everything changes. God will continue to help us in Jesus' name. You know, there is a city in John chapter 14 Jesus talks about. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you there. In my father's house are many mansions. Believers must never lose sight of this. We are not living in this world. And we are not getting prospered in this world to live here forever in this way. We are getting prospered to do kingdom work so that at the end of the day, we'll go and meet him and ultimately take our place in heaven. Believers must never lose sight of that. The day you lose sight of heaven, you will live anyhow. The day you lose sight of the fact that it doesn't all end here, you will compromise very easily. But every time you remember, I have a destiny, not just to fulfill a vision here on earth, but also to make heaven, then you keep pushing yourself. Hallelujah. I say you keep pushing yourself in the name of Jesus. Psalm 118, verse 20. We read, those of you watching by uh, uh, video or listening to podcasts, we read right from verse 18 to 29 in our Bible reading, but I just want to pick three verses there. He said in verse 20, this is the gate of the law through which the righteous shall enter. What is that gate? The gate of continual pursuit. The gate of consistency in pushing forward. Evaluating yourself at the end of every year. Looking at where you have fallen short and where you need to measure up so that when you are going into a new year, you lay a proper foundation. Those of you that have been in this church long enough, you will find that every last Sunday of the year, we're always talking about preparing a foundation for the next year in one way, shape, or form. Go and check all the messages. Because what makes the year, the calendar year work, is not the change of date. It's not the change of date. I've said it to many people. It's not that because we will cross from December 31 and we say, Happy New Year, and January 1st we just come, and then things will just magically start to change. No, it's not. What makes it change is that conscientious engagement with God that, Lord, this is a new season by way of chronos, by way of time. I want to engage with you like I've never done before. And then things change because you are making a change. I said something very recently on Facebook that we, things don't change automatically. Things change because we engineer change. And the word engineer there means we design it, we make it happen, we investigate what has gone on before and we put into things, places and um, practices that will make it change and give us a desired outcome. That's what engineering does. We need to understand that things will not change if we do not. He said, this is the gate through which the righteous shall enter. The gate where they are constantly thinking, Lord, how will I continue to engage with my chief cornerstone? Verse 21 says, I will praise you for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. Thank you. Verse 22 now. Let's read verse 22 together. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Very simple. They rejected him. They spat on him. They called him all kinds of names, but the Bible says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Before God gave him that name, he went through every kind of shame and reproach. 
The day God showed me in John chapter 6, and I say this very respectfully, very, very respectfully. God is my witness. I'm not saying it flippantly at all. I love you, and I, I trust God for you. I want to believe God that we will keep doing this work as long as Jesus tarries to come. This is my desire. But the day I saw from scripture that the Bible says some people looked at Jesus Christ and they walked away from him. And he said to his disciples, will you also go? And Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the word of life. Since that day, I arrested myself. Who am I if people walk away from me? If they walked away from the one I say I'm serving. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you are a pastor and you are listening to me, that will set you free. When people walk away from you, remember they walked away from your master. And if they walked away from your master, who are you that they will not walk away from you? Now, the desire of every pastor is that people keep coming and the work keeps growing. So that because there's so much work, a pastor, a true pastor has so much vision that even if you give him 1,000 people today, there will be enough for everybody to do almost immediately. I guarantee you that. A true visionaire. So nobody likes people walking away. But when you understand some things from scripture, it settles your mind. It settles your mind. You will no longer struggle with the things people struggle with. You will no longer have sleepless nights over things that give people sleepless nights. Again, I say it. Please understand me. I am not saying that we should not care about people or we should not be responsible and just let people walk in and out of church. But we must understand that if we are following the chief cornerstone, there was a time they rejected him. They are rejecting you in your workplace today. Last week, some of you who were here, I told you about somebody who told me to my face that I was a disgrace to graduates because I didn't have work to do as a 22, 23-year-old person coming out of university and finishing youth service in my home country. And I didn't have work to do. I carried my father's camera, and I was going about the campus and snapping picture, and the lady looked at me and said, you are a disgrace. She was just graduating too. She read chemistry. So you are a disgrace to graduates. But the rest is history today. They may reject you today. They may have rejected you before. But the one who became chief cornerstone will make you head and not the tail. I say he will make you head and not the tail. What that means is that he will make you fulfill destiny in the name of Jesus. There was a time I used to go in my home country. I used to go and queue for, for visa like everybody else. And I'm sure there are a lot of us who did that before. When I used to travel here in the 90s, just 22, 23 years ago. But today, as at this point in time, I don't know how many references for visa I've done in my life since I've been here. Probably three dozens, maybe, or so. There was a time they called me from the uh, High Commission in Abuja, Nigeria. This was about 12 years ago. And I said, the person called me. He said, Dr. Loki, I said, yes. He said, uh, did you write this letter to this person? I always handwrite. I don't type letter of reference. I handwrite it so that anytime they scan it through their system, they see the same handwriting. Anyway, so the person suspected that the handwriting was different. So he rang me. He said, this was 2008 or so. He said, Dr. Loki, did you write this letter for this person? I said, yes. He said, did you type it? I said, you know I don't type letters. He said, we know. I said, hey, you even know my letters. <laughs> I was really surprised. I, you even know my letters. He said, we know. That, that's why we are asking, because we wanted to be sure it was your handwriting. And then they gave the person the visa. But what am I trying to say? Just before then, 10 years before that time, I used to go to the same high commission. Used to go there and queue for visas like everybody else. There is a way your life can so change that a time will come, it will never look as if you went through certain stages before. That is what God wants to do in your life. Just remain solid and resolute with him and God will keep honoring your word in the name of Jesus. The security of kingdom prosperity is in obedience. When the Bible talks about 
being anchored, it talks about obedience. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read a few verses there as I start to bring this to a close. Just two more scriptures and we'll close this. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 21. Many of us think that our longevity in serving God, in being in church, is enough to help us take delivery. But the Bible says we must be a people who are obedient to the will of God all the time. Verse 21. Let's read together. We'll read these ones together. Let's go now, everybody. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We need to read these kind of verses very carefully. Jesus said there are people who will say to him, not that he hears them saying to others. They will say to him, Lord, Lord. He said not all of them will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father. Everyone who is a proponent of the message of grace that says you can do anyhow and not do anything in the name of not being legalistic have not read things like this. Jesus talks about doing something, doing the will of the Father, doing the will of the Father, doing the will of the Father. This is the qualification for pressing into this kingdom and anchoring repeatedly into this chief cornerstone. Let's go to verse 22. He said, many will say, let's read together. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? People looking for signs and wonders all over the place. There are lots of people that Jesus has already prophesied. Now, don't get me wrong. Miracle signs and wonders are of God when they are of God. But there is a lot of orchestration of evil going on today. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. And a lot of believers are falling for that foolishness. I was watching one yesterday. He said, oh, hey, your, your sister is called Anna. He married uh, uh, Cynthia. And Cynthia is the brother of John. And John is the... And then people were shouting, what is that? At the end of the day, I was waiting... To hear how that whole prophecy will end. Nothing came out of it other than to say, yeah, that is how I know all of you. I mean, anybody can memorize all that and you can dramatize all that. And I said, look at thousands of people shouting, hey, the voice of God. And I remembered that a time when Herod was speaking. We, we crucify Herod in Acts chapter 12 when people say this must be the voice of God. But we don't remember the people who were calling him the voice of God. Of course, Herod was smitten for it. But the reality is that there were foolish people who were regarding that as the voice of God. Because he was a good orator. Many people, Jesus said, they will come and say, we prophesied in your name. We said in the name of Jesus. That people say in the name of Jesus is not, it's not, it's not the issue. When I was young, I was led to believe that many of them would not say in the name of Jesus. And so they will say things and say things and not say in the name of But today, in broad daylight, they even, they even wear it. <laughs> and it means nothing. It means nothing. Jesus said they will prophesy. They will say they prophesy in my name. They will cast out demons in my name. And verse 23, look at what he said he will say to them. He said, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Not that I used to know you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You who practice iniquity. You who do not do my will. You who are doing sorcery and calling it prophecy. You who are doing incantation and calling it declarations. He said, I will never, I will say to them, I never knew you. 
verse 24. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. That is the one I would liken to a wise man who built his house where? On the rock. Friends, this is what will make the difference in this end time. What are you building on? Are you building on fluke or fake? Can you stand for yourself in the storms of life? I have a responsibility to teach you the word, but I don't have a responsibility to carry you. I'm sorry. I don't have a responsibility to provide a foundation for you. I'm sorry. I have to go and dig my own foundation in Christ and stand strong in Christ myself. My duty is to keep showing you the word of God like this. Friends, grow. Friends, decide that you want to be like a wise man who built his house on rock. Look at what happened to him, verse 25. Verse 25 says, that man, verse 25, he said, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. It did not fall, for it was what? Founded on the rock. The kind of economic prayer, and I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but if you are a student of history, and you can understand simple news that comes left, right, and center, you will know that we are going in for a big season of change. Even as our nation would exit the European Union, it's going to shake things. It's going to shake things. We trust God for better things by his grace, but there will be shakings that believers must understand will shake their very foundations and what they believe. It's going to affect how we do things. And the things that are happening in the global economy would not in any way make things easier for people. Believers are always praying for a new year that will be better. And life has never delivered anything better. When I was a child, I was like these children running about. I listened to my parents at the end of every year praying for a better year. It never came. It never came. But it came to those who believe because when they are founded on the rock, when the floods that will carry people away and the kind of rains that will descend and make people shake in their faith and their foundations come, they remain standing. I pray you will remain standing in the name of Jesus. Because it was founded on the rock, it will take obedience for us to believe and we have to believe and act in obedience so that we can remain firm, firmly rooted on this cornerstone. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord, they make rich and they add no sorrow. If you want to be truly blessed in this life and you want to be at peace every day of your life and be in joy, be a person that continues to hear the word of God and does the will of God. And God will continue to help you to be planted in the name of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Say, so having been built, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Many people have changed churches, looking for churches, looking for a better church and a better church, and I know that there are different kinds of things, but the reality is that if only you find Christ, you have solved your problem. Many people are looking for things. Many people are looking for smoke, supernatural, in quote. <laughs> and all it says is just have your foundation on Jesus Christ himself. Anything you cannot believe as declared in the word of God, you can never ever attain it. Believe me. 
You have to believe the declaration of the word. The word of God. Jesus Christ is the word personified. When you declare the word, when the word of God is declared, all you need to do is to believe it. Don't look for any other thing. This is why many people have been pushed into doing theater for people. So they want to speak, thus says the Lord. When I was growing up, and those of us that will come from that generation will, will bear testimony. Thus says the Lord. This is what I'm about to do. Simple prophecy. You know, I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. Whatever. God speaks his word in prophecy to encourage his children. People stopped believing. Until people started doing drama to make them sound spiritual. So they'll stand there and say, shh, shh, shh. And the people say, ah, that is the spirit of God. <laughs> and a lot of people have been doing that for years. Because in the psyche of people, they, they believe that something like that has to happen for a word to have come from God. God is not in, in the business of doing drama to anyone. He himself being the chief cornerstone, verse 21. The Bible says all we need to do is we are a building fitted together with him. We must grow into a holy temple of the Lord, verse 22. Very quickly, verse 22. In whom we also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. This is ultimately what he is. He wants to stay in you. He wants you to be a carrier of his power. I want you to know, friends, as you are going into 2020, let your resolutions be that you want to anchor more in God. You want to do the will of God the more. People say, but pastor, I don't know the will of God. You know it. You just don't want to do it. You know it. You can read it. You can read the scripture. If you read what he says, just do what he says. Mary say whatever he says to you to do, just do it. If he says, do not neglect the assembly together of one another, just do it. If he says to you, pray always, pray without ceasing, just do it. If he says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed to be, that does, don't need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth, just do it. If he says, give and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, just do it. If he says, love your neighbor, just do it. Love your wife, just do it. Submit to your own husband, just do it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, just do it. Whatever he says to you to do, just do it. That is his will for you. And that is what will guarantee your prosperity. That is what will guarantee your stability in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. The Lord will not fail you. As you put your trust in him concerning 2020 and the years ahead, Jesus starting to come, you will continue to take delivery of your testimonies in the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet and let me just pray for you for one minute.